Hello, I'm Vinay Dior, and welcome to another episode of Coach Pep Talk, the podcast for people who run their own coaching businesses. Each week, I talk to an expert who shares wisdom that helps us be better coaches and better coaching business owners. This week, I have Dr. Benjamin Perkis on the line, and he is talking to us all about a new coaching modality that he has created. I can't wait for you to hear about it. It's amazing. I'll see you on the other side. Coach Pep Talk is proudly brought to you by Life Coach Office, an online service that lets you easily manage your coaching business from just one platform. Some of the features that our clients really love are the ability to manage your client files all in one place, the ability to easily send invoices, and manage your coaching calendar. But the one that takes the, it's the icing on the, on the cake is really the ability to set up your own membership site with just a few clicks of a few buttons and have your own online classroom just ready to go in about 10 minutes. So if you think Life Coach Office sounds pretty interesting, the best way to see if it's going to be a good fit for your business is to jump on over to our website and sign up for the free trial. You can do that at lifecoachoffice.com. I'm deeply honored to introduce Dr. Benjamin Perkis today. He's a practicing clinical psychologist and has been so for the past 20 years. He studied most of the progressive techniques for body, mind, and emotional wellness. He's worked with adults and children, young and old, singles and couples. He's traveled the world teaching people how to use essential oils and lifestyle strategies to optimize brain function, let go of the past, and enhance happiness and well-being. But the most significant contribution he's made to humanity, so far at least, is an amazing new coaching tool, new modality that he developed back in 2016, which I was lucky enough to see demonstrated uh, live and was blown away with the power and the simplicity of it. It's called Aroma Freedom Technique. Dr. Perkins is going to talk to us today about this new modality and how you can incorporate it into your coaching business. Now we get straight into the interview. So without any further ado, here we go with the first question. Can you tell us a little bit about what is Aroma Freedom Technique? Sure, absolutely. So Aroma Freedom is a process that I developed a couple years ago, and it's really integration of about 20 years of training as a psychotherapist in a clinical practice, combined with learning all of the, um, the other modalities, the tapping and the eye movements and um, a lot of different things, kinesiology, I integrated a lot of them. And I'd been using essential oils for about 17 years. And what I did is I created a process that integrates the two. It's based on the principle of memory reconsolidation, that when we go back to a memory where something bad happened, it could be a big trauma or it could just be a mild, a disappointment, a frustration, anything like that. We develop negative thoughts. And those negative thoughts, as every coach knows, are those buggers that come back and haunt us later and stop us from doing the things that we want to do in life. So the process is a very simple 12-step process I created that starts with a goal. Uh, we set a goal, which in coaching, that's what it's all about. Where do you want to go and how can we get you there? We set a goal and then through a series of questions, we listen to that inner voice that tells us why we can't achieve that goal. And we end up going back through the feelings it generates, the feeling in the body, back to those memories once we're at those memories, then we smell some very specific essential oils that um, they go in and they actually calm the amygdala so that 
as we're thinking about that stressful memory, we can't feel that same frustration or disappointment or rage or <clears throat> whatever that is because we can't feel that anymore because we're smelling the oil, the memory just kind of dissolves. And as you saw in the demo, you know, the images kind of dissolve, the memory gets further away, and all of a sudden the negative thoughts are gone and the person feels more hopeful and positive about the goal that they're working towards. And so we usually go a few rounds. Each round takes about 10 minutes. So by, by the time you've done three or four rounds, so 20, 30, 40 minutes, something in there, a person goes from feeling hopeless, frustrated, scared, whatever it is, to feeling optimistic, confident, and it happens so consistently. We see over thousands and thousands of sessions that we feel really confident that this technique is pretty much a go-to for almost anything. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more? I mean, you talked briefly about how it came about, like you were combining all of these modalities, but really, what really drew you personally to, to, to pulling all these together to, to create this, this technique? Well, uh, I mean, depends how far back you want to go. You know, I, I got my, uh, my doctorate in 1997 and started doing therapy with people. And it took me about a week to realize that, you know what, I need some more tools. <laughs> and just talking to people wasn't quite doing it. And I felt like I needed something that would go deeper into the brain, deeper into the physiology, where people really are storing this stuff. So that kind of began my quest. And I studied EMDR, which is the eye movement desensitization reprocessing which uh, uses a lot of these similar concepts, but then uses bilateral stimulation, eye movements or tapping um, to reprocess. And that is a great improvement over what they used to have, but it's compared to aroma freedom, it's still kind of, uh, it takes a long time and it can feel like you're being hit by a Mack truck. Whereas, um, so I learned that. And then um, I was really impressed with kinesiology, with muscle testing. Some of you may be familiar with that. And a lot of systems out there for muscle testing, that's really where you're asking the body, you know, because our body remembers everything. So you might be able to ask your body what the origin of this issue is. And maybe you go back to a time, right? And it says it's seven years old, the feeling is anger, and you're feeling it in your liver or something like that. And then might use some modality to clear that out. So I was really impressed when I had different sessions. I took some trainings on that. And yet one of the problems with kinesiology is that it's not duplicatable. It's something that you have to keep going back to the person over and over to get that treatment. So I always thought, well, what could I create that would allow people to actually help themselves? I'm really kind of into self-help and uh, people taking responsibility for their own state and having the tools to be able to shift their state as needed. And um, so that was kind of in, in the back of my head, how to do that. Um, and then when I got introduced to the essential oils, back in 2001, we loved them for all kinds of purposes. We loved them just for simple things like clearing sinuses or for uh, smelling good or for you know, belly aches or calf pain or anything like that. And I didn't really know how to use them in my psychology practice. So I kind of felt like I was wearing two hats that you know, by day I was a psychologist and doing all these cool things. And then by night and weekend, I had this essential oil. My wife and I were training people in the Young Living Oils and we loved that. And I didn't really want to let go of either world, but I didn't know how to bring them together because and a lot of therapists especially, and coaches probably feel this way as well, that they kind of know intuitively that the oils are calming or relaxing, but they don't know, well, how do I specifically use them in a session? And it was really a few years ago that I was speaking with one of my mentors and she thought, she thought about it for a minute because I said how I felt torn between these two worlds and she thought about it and she said, you have to create a tool. You have to create something that allows other people to do what you do. And that was kind of the, 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 the seed 
that about six months later, I kind of felt something welling up inside of me and I got thinking, well, how do these oils work? And I kind of just started to go deeper in my mind and researching it. And then I was on a trip to Asia and I was teaching some of these techniques that I'd created for using the oils for trauma. And I get terrible jet lag when, I'm, when I travel you know, overseas. If I went to Australia, I'd probably never sleep. So um, it takes me like a good two weeks to recalibrate. So I'm this beautiful hotel in Singapore, can't sleep at all, two in the morning. So I'm down in the lobby every day. Like, okay, I may as well start writing. So that's when I started putting all the, everything on paper. And I came back from that trip and I told my wife, you know that book that I have inside of me? Well, I think it's time. And at that time, it was April 19th, I remember the day, 2016, and the, the oils convention, the Young Living Convention was um, June 16th, so I had two months. So I said, okay, I'm gonna write this book in 30 days. And uh, I said, I'm gonna go to the um, library every day and I'm just gonna write it. And so at that time, I didn't even really know what the book would, would be about, uh, but I started just taking notes and I started playing around with all these pieces that I've gathered over the years but what if I put them in a certain order? You know, we set the goal and then listen for the negative voice. And that was really the key, that negative voice, that, that subconscious voice was really the key to finding out where they come from. But then find where it is in the body and name the feeling. And each of these steps, I didn't create any of the steps, but by putting them in order, it's kind of like one of those lock, the combination locks that if you do them in the right order, it unlocks. Well, that's what happened. I found that I, I put the steps in, these, in this 12-step this process I took myself through each one, and all of a sudden, my negative thought went away. I said, well, that's pretty cool. I tried it with my wife, same thing happened, tried it with my clients. I realized I was onto something because everyone was having the same results. So that was great, except I was down to 15 days left to write my book, and I still hadn't written. So I, I said, well, I'm going to put it to the test. I'm going to write a book in 15 days, and that was kind of my goal statement that I set. And uh, I took myself back. Sure enough, there was negative thoughts. So oh, nobody can do that, too much pressure. Um, took myself through the process, smelled the oils. After about 10 seconds of smelling the oils, once I was focused on the memory, I was like, oh, 150 page book, that's just 10 pages a day for 15 days, how hard is that? And I was just, at that point, I was free. I knew I could do it. I told my wife, I'm gonna go to the library every day, I'm writing my 10 pages. And it took about four or five days of writing and the 10 pages before I could actually see the whole project. And then I realized, oh, I'm actually writing about a technique. And so by then, I, I just, I knew it was going to come out of me. By the end of the 15 days, the book was done. So that was kind of my first success story with it. And what was interesting was I found that I thought that I was at the top of the, the, the peak of the mountain. And a lot of people can relate to this. You just achieve a big goal. You think, I was around to write a book. Great. My book is written. My, my work is done. Well, that was far from true. Because once you create something, then the, you realize the peak of the mountain is actually just a little peak and then there's a valley ahead of you you have to go to get to the bigger peak. I still had to create a website and get it edited and get an ISBN and all these things that I didn't know how to do. So every time I would feel frustrated, I would do the same thing. I would use the process. And that's when I realized what, I, what we really have here is a tool anywhere where you are on your journey of success, you come across a boulder that's stopping you. This is gonna get you moving again. And so even if you don't know, maybe you have to learn some new skills, maybe you have to reach out for help, but the important thing is to not stay stuck. And that's what a lot of people, obviously they come to a coach because they're stuck in some area of their life. So that's where it's such a beautiful synergy with people who are using this in coaching. It's because coaches are already helping a person reach a goal and is already standing alongside them, getting them the tools they need to get past it. Well, 
so for instance, I'll give another quick story. Um, so I, was, I realized I couldn't edit my own book because, um, you know, I knew what I was trying to say, but, you know, and I'm a pretty good speller, but still, you can't edit your own book. So as it happened, you know, we had been led, universe, God had led us to Virginia for, to live up for a few months. And our best friend down there, she said, oh, well, I used to be an editor. So let me come over every day and I'm going to help you edit the book. So uh, every day she's coming over and remember by now the 30 days are up. So we were down to like, we have like three days to edit this thing. So we're working really hard. And at one point uh, I'm sitting there with her and my brain just shuts off. And I'm like, um, I don't know what to say now, but I can't even formulate a sentence. So I said, well, let me just take a walk, you know, kind of chill out. I took my oils with me. I was smart enough to do that. And I'm walking along. I'm thinking, well, maybe it's emotional. So sure enough, I do the process on myself. And, you know, I go back in time, I do the process, and this memory pops up I had not thought of in 30 years. And it was a time I was um, in high school, and I was on the track team, and I was running the one-mile race. And I'd never run the mile before. I had never done much running before, but um, I was excited. So the, the uh, starting gun goes off, and I just start sprinting. And so after the first lap, it's a four-lap race, after the first lap, I'm ahead of everybody. So I'm thinking, this is great. After the second lap, I'm still ahead of everyone. I'm thinking, I'm going to break records. I'm going to be the, you know, in the Olympics. And then you can imagine what happens, right? I'm sprinting. And so after about half a mile, I'm done. And my legs just stop working. And people start passing me on the left and the right. And I didn't realize this. So I finished maybe fifth or sixth. But you know, in that session, when I go back to that memory, I'm breathing the oils in. I catch this thought, you're not strong enough to finish. I realized that I had created, without realizing I had created this negative thought that was still sitting there in my subconscious. And now that I was engaged in this process of sprinting to finish the book, it's like, nope, that's dangerous. I'm gonna shut your brain off so that you cannot finish, so that you're not gonna have face the embarrassment of trying to do something that you can't do. Wow. wow. So that was a big learning. Like we all have hundreds or thousands of these little things we've created. So I smell the oils, memory dissolves, my brain turns back on and I'm able to go in I said, okay, I'm ready to go, finish the book. We got it, we were so close, we got it done. We had to have it shipped. I didn't even see the book until the day I arrived at convention ready to sell it. So, but it worked out. But ever since then, um, I created the book and then people wanted to be trained in it. And everyone was like, oh, well, can we get certified in this? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe in a few wow. years, like totally had not even occurred to me to do certification. But after the third person asked me that, I'm thinking, well, maybe I'm blocked because apparently the world wants this certification. I haven't created it yet. So once again, I do a session on myself and same thing. There's these negative thoughts there. Well, how, how much are you going to charge? How are you going to make sure people are confident? How are you going to, they're just negative thoughts. I do the process, negative thoughts disappear. As soon as there's no more negative thoughts, I just download, Oh, it's going to be the online class. Here's how many weeks, here's what I'm going to charge. And so I put it up on my website, go back to sleep. This is in New York. Now I'm back living. Uh, go back to sleep, and by the morning, five people from Singapore registered for certification. So I said, okay, well, that's what happens when you get out of the way, and these things can start to come through you. And so it's just been an, a journey ever since then. I created an online academy. I have certified practitioners in, in 26 countries and 47 states now, and um, it's just spreading because it's simple and because it, people can use it on themselves and others, and it's easy to duplicate. And uh, so it's kind of just become this, this phenomenon that my job now is just to kind of stay ahead of it and uh, make sure that people are learning it properly. And um, 
So in a nutshell, that's kind of the story of how we how I got it. That's an amazing story. It's incredible. And well, one a couple of things. The the thing that that uh, amazed me so much when I watched the demonstration that I was was lucky enough to be a part of. Um, well, you know, and I'm trained as a coach and an NLP and, and that sort of thing, is, is how, how, how simple it was and how whatever sh the, the, the client said was just perfectly fine and you didn't have to question and re-question and dig. And she really found her own answers without too much um, pushback or, 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 or I don't know <laughs> what the right words are. It was just so like, I would have said, Oh, I would have phrased that differently. Or I would, you know, my coaching brain was saying these kind of things, yeah. but it didn't matter. Like she just sorted herself out. It was incredible how, how easy it was. I don't know if you want to add anything or say anything. Because well, well, cause what we have with Aroma Freedom is with each step, it's like a treasure hunt. You know exactly what you're looking for in that step. So as a practitioner, once you've heard what you're looking for, you don't have to engage in the story. That's kind of, I think, what you're trying to say. Instead of engaging in the story, okay, I got the negative voice. Okay, what's the feeling? Got the feeling? Okay, where is it in the body? Got that? Okay, where's the memory? Got that? Okay, then we smell the oil. Yeah, yeah. And because we know what we're looking for in each step, it is so efficient. And people can clear years of stuff in one session. Some people say, oh, that was like 10 years of therapy. I, you know, so... Uh, it's because it's a step-by-step. -step. And I will say that some of the uh, people who actually struggle with learning it a little bit are the more highly trained professionals who already have a toolbox and they already have some great things that they know how to do. So they have a natural instinct to do that. But we say, you know, leave it at the door, yeah, learn this yeah. process, it's super simple. Once you've mastered it, then yes, figure out how to integrate it, where you're going to put it in with your practice. But yeah, so it's, it's a process. You kind of just trust the steps the steps do the work for you. And it's really pretty easy as a practitioner. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the thing that just really blew my mind. It didn't matter how the client communicated, if she used disempowering language, or she would have used things that as a coach, I would be trained to go for and sort of want to open up and explore. But no, you just leave it at that language because you found yeah, like you're the, the, the piece of treasure that you need at that one step. So a really, really powerful tool. Um, before we move on, uh, can you talk just a little bit about the power of, of smell because I mean we have all these senses and, and in, in coaching you know we do a lot of VAK visual auditory kinesthetic but we don't often you know use as it all of you that know that, that's a really good point I'm familiar with the VAK there's no O right there's no yeah, odor where is it but obviously the key it is and I talk about that in the book the sense of smell it's the earliest sense to develop it's actually fully developed still in the womb and um, it's the most primitive and it's the most closely tied to survival. So and even with single cell organisms, if you actually study the biology of this, single cell organisms, a protozoa swimming around, has the ability to detect, is this chemical that I'm coming towards, is it safe or dangerous? Is it a poison I need to run away from? Or is it food that I need to go get? And that developed into the sense of smell and you can see animals use it the same way. So just everyday example, think of, you take leftovers out of the refrigerator and they've gone bad and you open up the container and you smell it what do you do you recoil and that's because you're like and you cannot eat it like your brain unless you're not going to die like you literally can't eat it because your brain has these sensors it's called the amygdala which is the fight or flight um trigger it does two things in the brain it detects fight or flight whether we should run and the other thing it does is it processes smell so it goes directly to the amygdala 
and we need to, it tells us, oh, that's not safe. There's no way I'm going to let you eat that. On the other hand, in religious rituals uh, all over the world, they use incense. Why is that? It's because the sense of smell also can have that instant calming effect, helps us let go of the stress of the everyday world so that we can get more centered and balanced. So the sense of smell, it's, it's automatic, it's primal, and it's, it's irresistible. So um, by using that, that's why it's so fast, number one. And you'll see these sessions go very fast. These sessions, you know, 20, 30 minutes, that demo you saw was 20, 30 minutes, and boom, huge transformation. It's fast. It's, now, the reason it's gentle, it's because of the oils that we're using in specific. And we mix a blend of frankincense, lavender, and the Young Living Stress Away oil, which is, has vanilla in it. And each of those, there's a science behind what they do in the brain. They each work in different ways to calm the brain. And so uh, by combining those and you smell the oils as you're focusing on the memory, what happens is the, the feeling is kind of the glue that holds that memory complex together. And, this, and the sense of smell, when you come in and you hit your brain with these oils that are very calming, as you're focusing on that stressful, upsetting situation, it's almost like your brain gets confused, like, wait a minute, I thought that was a terrible thing that happened to me, but now I'm smelling this and I feel okay. You know what? I guess I survived that. I guess, I, I guess I'm powerful. I guess I can do this. So what happens is as that memory breaks apart, because we're, in a sense, we're kind of hijacking the memory with, with the sense of smell, with the oils, because once the memory breaks apart, something opens up with us, within us. And depending on people's belief systems, for some, it's the Holy Spirit comes in. Some people get a word of scripture. Some people just feel a sense of confidence or their, their logical brain is saying, that's no big deal, or I can do this. So all those things open up once we are using that sense of smell to just kind of come in from underneath and break it apart. Yeah, it's amazing how powerful it is. Okay, well, let's talk about, um, let's talk about, you know, for, for coaches who already have a coaching business, or maybe they're just about to start their coaching business, how do you see this as a useful tool for their toolkit for, the, for those, those coaches? Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me speak for two sides of it. So first, let me start with the coach themselves, yeah. because it really is designed to be a self-care tool. Um, and, you know, if you're embarking in a new career, there could be some anxiety, there could be some nerves, there could be some confidence issues, you know, maybe they've never charged for anything in their life before, or they don't know, am I going to provide good value? Or what if I can't find clients or all the things coaches might be thinking of. So first on that side, using it for a coach to get clear on their own goals, their own, uh, where they're headed, and then clearing those things out so that they can move forward, whether they need to be doing things with marketing or or that sort of thing. And then obviously when working with clients, there's several ways you can use it. The way most of the coaches that were in our program use it is they start out a coaching session with kind of the usual, like, how's it going? And, you know, let's follow up on the action steps from last week. And, you know, where are you now? That sort of thing. And then they're kind of using their skills to help distill and identify where there might still be a block or what is the next hurdle to be jumped. And then they work with the client to kind of formulate that goal statement. And that's half the work is kind of getting clear on where it is, where it is your block and what would be, it makes a difference. And then, then they might break into and use the aroma freedom process again, 20, 30, 40 minutes, depending. Um, and then afterwards, same thing, they can kind of use their coaching uh, skills at the end for the follow-up, for the accountability, that sort of thing. Maybe some sessions, they don't need an aroma freedom session, some they do. So, but basically, in whatever process 
that you uh, that you use, whatever process you've been trained in, you can bring this piece in uh, when you're with a client who is stuck in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you um, do any of your coaches use the technique in a group situation? So they facilitate the process for a group at the same time. Is that possible? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's actually, yeah. It's it, not only is it possible, is it's it's amazingly powerful because um, the nice thing about this process is I could lead you through a process. I wouldn't even need to know anything. You don't have to tell me the goal necessarily. You don't have to tell me the feelings, the memories. It's your process. I'm just kind of guiding you in that. Um, so um, um, I didn't, when I first created it, I did not envision it being me doing these online groups or in person. But uh, when, again, when the first person hired me to do an online group, I did it through the process. I didn't know what everyone's goals were. Now, we, there's ways of doing it, say, if you're doing it online, uh, where we can have people be sharing in the chat as much or as little as they want. And it kind of helps the facilitators see where people are. So when you do it in a group, each person kind of describes their own, their own session. Um, and the same thing goes for in-person groups as well. You know, I've done, I've been in groups of, you know, 300 people leading everyone. It's very, it smells very good, by the way. <laughs> I 300 people through the process. And, you know, just like, just like any kind of a normal curve distribution, you're going to have some people that have life-changing experiences in that. You're going to have, most people are going to have a great experience. And then yet there's going to be a few people that, you know, they really need it in person. So I want to, you know, there's not one size fits all, but you can help a lot of people in a group process uh, as long as you also put it out there that, you know, if this wasn't the right setting for you, I'll follow up with you individually and look at yeah. it done that way. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Good idea. So are there any kind of niches that this works better with than others or any coaches that are trained in specific modalities or? You know, what's really cool is to see all the creative ways that the coaches use it. Uh, I have one person, very successful. She is a midwife and she uses it she really feels a calling to help women who want to have a VBAC, want to have a vaginal birth after cesarean. And she realized how much birth trauma from the standpoint of the mother there is. And, um, you know, giving birth, I've never given birth myself, but from what I understand, (laughs) it can be kind of intense. And sometimes it goes, right. And sometimes it doesn't go so well, even if it ends up okay. So just like any other, could be terrifying, could be, uh, frightening, overwhelming, any of those things, there's some residue. So she uses Aroma Freedom to go in and clear out the trauma from that. And she's had amazing results with women who, one woman, she had had seven cesarean sections. And after this process, her eighth child was born vaginally because she let go of the emotional. So it was used for that. I would say, um, kind of generally speaking, anytime uh, you're dealing with something like procrastination, or uh, being stuck in some way. So business people that are overwhelmed and stuck, you know, is, is a good niche for it, but there, there's no limit. You can take it to, um, we have a woman in Japan who's using it with a professional golfer and uh, you know, professional sports, obviously it's all in your head as well, you know, and mentally being there, overcoming any doubt, overcoming uh, times of failure in the past, you know, clearing those things out. So. Uh, it's really broad. And so people just bring their interests. They bring, you know, if you're interested in, in helping people, you know, who've been assaulted, then you can 
you know, use this process for that. If you're interested in, you know, helping people who want to perform better in something else, you bring it for that. So whatever you want to bring it in for. Yeah, and the demonstration uh, that I saw was a woman who was, you know, trying to lose weight. So it was great for, for that as well. What yeah. about um, business coaches or, you know, in corporate environments? Have you seen much of that yet? You know, that's an area that um, we haven't really broken into. We kind of imagine the possibilities and it's really exciting to see what will happen. I think that, you know, in the beginning, the, the first people who jumped on this were the ones who already were convinced of the power of the oils. Mm -hmm. And so they already had that down and they, went, they were so excited to show that we're showing them how to use them in a step-by-step -step process. I think that, uh, but as we progress, you know, we'll be working more and more with people who maybe never, never used oils before, maybe even never cared to, um, but they have a specific need such as, uh, you know, motivation issues in the workplace or focus issues or something like that. And, um, and then we start using this with them and the same principles will apply. So um, that's really exciting to see how that's gonna unfold as we go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was really interested. I think we, we talked before the, the show about just coaches using it for anxiety for themselves. But I mean, that would work in a, in a corporate situation too. I was talking to a corporate coach yesterday and she, you know, one of the biggest problems of her new, new managers, new leaders was just being completely overwhelmed and anxious and like, can I really do this? Very powerful. Yeah, to, yeah. yeah. Overwhelm. Yeah. Overwhelm, um, public speaking, of course, that's, you know, success in business at some point, you got to get in front of people at whatever yeah. level, if there's anything in you that is resisting that, um, it's really good to knock that stuff out. Great. Okay. So obviously it's very flexible for all kinds of coaching niches. Okay. Um, let's see. Do you want to talk a little bit about how it works or is, is, do you, you think somebody would be better off just coming to see a demo? What do you think for, for our time together today? Yeah, well, I'll just kind of, um, I'll just kind of, how many more minutes do I have? <laughs> you can have as much as you want. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I'll, seeing it, there's nothing like seeing a demo to really kind of get it, but I'll yeah, just kind of sketch it out in a, in a broad form that um, I made it so that every session in one sense stands on its own. You always want to leave someone better than you found them. And so this definitely does that. So we always start by setting a goal and setting the goal really is going to determine uh, whether it's going to be a smart goal, whether it's going to be a specific and measurable, you know, time-limited goal. Uh, but you want really a good juicy goal that's exciting, but also a little scary. You kind of want to find that sweet spot and, you know, with the goal setting. And then you rate it. You rate how possible does that feel from zero to 10. And, you know, zero is you feel hopeless that this could ever happen. A 10 is you totally got it. And uh, I love working with zeros. I love working with people that, like, start out totally. Like, There's no way I know if this is going to happen. That's the best. But... And I would say if they start out, they're already at an eight or nine, I say, you know, you may not need the technique for that. If you already know that you can do this, and what we're looking for is that goal that it's like that big, hairy, audacious goal that you, you, you really want it, but you don't know. Like, I knew I could write a book. Like, I never doubted. I was a good writer in college and everything, but I didn't know I could write a book in 15 days. So, like, that intense, you know, that big goal in a short time was the right level of excitement for me and the right level of scary. So we're setting our goal, we're rating how possible, and then we do something really cool. We, we pause, we listen. We say, what does the negative voice in your head say that tells you this can't happen? And you listen, and everyone has a negative voice. And we talk about this in coaching all the time, of course. And you know, it could, it could even be like a voice just laugh, like, ha ha, that'll never happen, or yeah, right. Um, or it could be, 
you know, you're not good enough or, you know, your mother wouldn't approve or whatever it is. So you hear that. And then we say, well, how do you feel when you hear that voice? So what that's doing now, that's tapping into the feeling. And I say, it's really important to find the one word feeling. And this is sometimes stops people in their tracks because they're used to saying, well, I feel like he doesn't love me anymore. Well, guess what? That's not a feeling. That's a judgment. So the, when we talk about feelings versus judgment. So I say, okay, well, so when you judge that he doesn't love you anymore, what's the feeling? And then they might, oh, sad. Okay, now you have something to work with. Okay, and where do you feel that in your body? And every feeling is somewhere in our bodies. And by spending some time getting them to focus on that, it's kind of like there's a computer program that you want to shift on your hard drive. You got to pull it up onto the screen before you can modify it. So it's the same way. So where do you feel in your body? Okay, now connect step. Step five, so now connect with that feeling in your body. Drift back to an earlier time when you felt the same way. And people are always amazed at what comes up. Like in my case, memory from 30 years ago, which I hadn't thought of in 30 years. Why did I think about it? Because the feeling was the same. It wasn't the context, context was not the same. The feeling was the same. So drifted back, I found this, this memory pops up. And I always tell people, the first one that pops up is the one you go with because people have a tendency to say, well, that couldn't possibly relate it. Let me look for something more complicated. No. So the feeling pops up and it could be a snapshot of a specific time, or it could be like you're watching a movie of a whole bunch of times. Once that pops up and about 10% of the time, there is no memory, but that's okay. We just say, breathe the oil into the feeling. But most of the time there's going to be a memory. You'll see something. That's when we get out the oils um, and we use the young living oils, we use frankincense, lavender, and stress away. We mix them together into a memory release blend, we call it. You breathe them in and they take about 30 seconds or a minute. You're breathing the oils into the memory. And I tell people, focus on that memory, breathe the oils into the memory and watch what happens. And then, and then as a facilitator, I'm just silent. I'm letting them do their process. And what happens is people's shoulders start to relax. And I say, well, what happened? They say, oh, it just started to drift away or, um, they might say um, the memory seems further away or it kind of pixelated and dissolved. Uh, most of the time, something like that will happen. Once in a while, someone will say, oh, well, I got reminded of something else that's related. So sometimes memories trigger another. So whatever happens is fine. Okay, so now we're done through that processing. Then I say, okay, let's go back to your goal and let's re-rate how possible the goal feels now. So let's say your goal is, yeah, I, I, write, I write a book by December, whatever. And maybe you were at a three before. How possible does it feel now? Usually people will jump one, two, three points. So you may say, oh, now I'm about a five. Okay, so that, what does that mean? It means that I feel more positive about it, but I'm still not totally convinced. So we say, okay, let's do another round. Go through the same process. Listen in, what is the negative voice? What else is the negative voice saying that tells you this can't happen? And they say, oh, uh, uh, you'll never do it in time. How do you feel? I feel overwhelmed. Where do you feel in your body? I feel my heart racing back to an earlier time. Oh, I remember, you know, when I took the finals in college. Okay, breathe the oils into it. The memory does its thing. Oh, now I'm about a seven. Okay, so you do it until there's no more negative voice. It takes usually 20, 30, 40 minutes, depending. Um, and then after several rounds, they're at a nice high number. And I say, okay, is there anything else the negative voice is saying? It's like, no, I got this. Like, I know I could do this. Okay, great. Now we move to the, the closing phase. So this is where we kind of tie it all up. We say, okay, now let's create an affirmation that expresses what you just learned, that expresses this new positive voice. 
And it could be as simple as I got this, or I write my book by December, or uh, I, am, I am enough. So sometimes a simple affirmation is really good. Sometimes it's a restatement of the goal, but now with a new positive energy. And what I tell people is that affirmations are great, except when there's something in your brain that is fighting against the affirmation. So this is why we don't use the affirmation until after we've cleared out the negative voices. So if you use them beforehand, if you try to assert, I write my book by December and the negative voice is saying, no, you're not, no, you're not, you're just fighting. But now when you say, I write my book, I write my book by December, there's nothing in you that disagrees. It's a one-sided conversation. So it's like, yeah, you got this. So then we do, we add in another oil. We have a great oil we use for that transformation. And same thing, you smell the oil and now you're anchoring. Like we know from NLP, you anchor a specific sensory experience, which is the smelling this delightful oil with the um, affirmation. You do it in a power pose because we all know about you know, the, the effect of body state and how that affects our state. So you choose a power pose that feels consistent with that uh, affirmation. You smell the oil, you're in your power pose. You do that for a minute or two until it kind of really anchors in. That's step 11. And then step 12 is, is your positive action. Okay, great. Now that you're on for this, uh, this goal, you know you're gonna achieve it, you're confident. Okay, you gotta put it in action. So in my case, I knew my positive action was I write 10 pages a day. If I got just through step 11, but never wrote the 10 pages a day, we wouldn't have the book. So you got it, rubber has to meet the road. So you work just, you don't have to create your whole action plan there, but at least the very next step. And sometimes people, they already get it intuitively as they're doing the affirmation, someone pops into their head. They're like, oh, I think I need to reach out to Benet again. And I need to, you know, um, sign up for this thing. Or, you know, I need to call that banker that I met last week. And we talked about how they might need my services. So you, your, your intuition starts to amplify and you start to get a hit of here's what my next step is going to be. So, um, and then those are the 12 steps. So what's really neat is that you can, at any point in the process, you can say, let's say you run out of time and they've made some shift, but they're not fully there yet. You can still kind of tie it together with the affirmation, but more often than not, a person is really, they're just, they're glowing by the end. And you, you see that, I think you saw a demo of one person, but when you see a demo of a hundred people and at the end, they're all like so happy because they just let go of something and they feel great. It's really exciting. So, um, so those are the 12 steps. And uh, interestingly, I was, um, people say, well, how long should I do these affirmations for? And you hear different things. Some people say, oh, it takes 30 days to make or break a habit. Some people say 21 days. I was playing around with that as I was developing this. And I found for myself, so the, what I said was say the affirmation afterwards for three days, two minutes in the morning and two minutes at night. Uh, and this comes from the research, you know, Amy Cuddy with the power poses. She said two minutes in the power pose raises testosterone and lowers cortisol. So I said, okay, with well, two minutes, morning and night, in the power pose, doing the affirmation, smelling the oil. And I found for myself that after about three days, it seemed like I didn't even need the affirmation anymore because I had, I had kind of integrated it. And so I actually, I saw Greg Braden speak. So a year after I wrote the book, I was at a seminar, Greg Braden was speaking and he had this little video up on the screen and it was showing these two uh, nerve cells kind of growing towards each other. It's like a time-lapse photo. It was so interesting to see them like growing towards each other and finally connecting. And he says, you know, researchers have found it takes three days to build a new neural connection. And I'm like, okay, well, that explains it. So that's exactly what we're doing. We're actually creating a new neural connection so that now when you think of writing that book, the neurons are like, yeah, let's go for it. Versus before, 
when you thought of, I'm going to write that book, the neurons are like, oh no, but what if something happens? And oh, I don't know how to do it. And that sort of thing. So you're kind of, you're getting rid of that old programming, that old, you really are unlocking the neurons and re, uh, repositioning them. So um, that's really what's cool about this. There's one last thing I have to say about, um, about neuroscience with this, that again, after I wrote the book, I wasn't aware of this before, but about a year after, I was contacted by a chiropractor who he said, you know, what you're doing is memory reconsolidation. And I said, what's that? He said, well, researchers have found that across species, I don't care whether it's a rat or a crab or a human being has been tested on all of them, that when we, are, when we pull up a memory, if we pull it up viscerally, so that we're actually feeling what we felt you know, in that experience, and we pull up that memory, the neurons that hold that memory in place unlock from each other. The synapses unlock and they remain open for about five hour window and they're looking for new information. They wanna see, is this memory actually accurate? And if it gets no new information to disconfirm it, then they relock where they were. But in that five hour window, if you can show some new information, then they can reconfigure and the memory literally changes neurologically. So what he said, well, what you're doing, Dr. Perkis, is you are, you're, those three steps that are needed for memory reconsolidation, you're doing in your 12 steps. And you're, um, the essential oils are the new information. So the sense of smell that tells you actually everything's okay. That's the new information that the neurons are looking for. And when you present the neurons with that new information, then it's like, hey, this is okay. I don't need to be held back by that anymore. So it's really exciting to think about how, where we can take this and how we're literally changing memories in a very dynamic way. Wow. And I mean, the thing that I just heard there is like in 45 minutes split over across the period of three days, that's it. You can actually totally change a memory and empower yourself. Like how cool is that? It's so exciting. It's yep. not a hard process and it's not painful. Like it's just graceful and easy and efficient and fast. It's incredible. It is. It is. And that's, you know, I remember one person saying that, you know, uh, what they love the most about it is its simplicity. And I said, yeah, I could have written an 800 page book that had about 3 million steps. Would that have been better than a simple process? Of course not. No. You know, the simpler, the better. And it's just a matter of, of trying it and experiencing it. And then you realize, oh, well, that was easy. Now yeah. I'm going to work on something else. Now I'm going to work on something else. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, I love it. I mean, the contribution that you're making to humanity just by <laughs> having you know, written this and, and now teaching it to so many practitioners is just incredible. Love it. Okay, so just switch gears just for a second now, but we're going to wrap up. And I just want you to sort of think about the listeners, you know, the coaches who are listening to this, this podcast episode. And just given your experience and, and your background and everything, what advice or knowledge would you most like to give to those people who are either running a coaching business or they're just about to start one or they're in those beginning stages? Yeah, well, I mean, first I would say, as I said before, that you know, it's an inside job first and that you can only take people as far as you've gone yourself. So the more you can do to, to deal with and to improve on your own, whether it's anxiety, whether it's motivation, whether it's commitment, follow through, you know, identify areas that you want to improve. And whether you do it yourself through a self-help technique like this, or you obviously you should have a coach yourself, uh, but you know, work on yourself first, or at least alongside everything else you're doing, and then you'll break through barriers because the journey of success is 
also a personal growth journey. And the more you succeed, the bigger problems are going to come up. Sorry to break it to you, but it's true. <laughs> the more you succeed, the bigger problems you have. Now they have larger dollar amounts associated with them. Could bring up stuff. You want to make sure you have tools to keep yourself in the flow. And if you have the tools in your toolbox and the people surrounding you that will help you when you're encountering those inevitable challenges, then that'll kind of keep you flowing in a positive direction. So that's really my advice is that you know, uh, just be prepared for the journey and, uh, and have the tools at your disposal that you can really uh, enjoy the journey. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Because it's, it's kind of like, you actually do never arrive to your successful coaching business because there's always the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So it is, I think, I love that. Having tools to keep yourself in flow is a great um, a parting piece of, of wisdom. So thank you very much for sharing that. All right, if, if um, our listeners want to learn more about you or get a hold of some of your work, what's the best way they can, they can get in touch with you? Okay, best way is the website, just www.aromafreedom.com. And at aromafreedom.com, we have books, we have training videos, we have uh, online courses, we have a certification course. We do tell people that um, they're welcome to learn the technique and do it on themselves, family, and friends, you know, just from the book. But if they want to charge for the technique, then they need to become certified or they need to, if they want to integrate it into something that they're charging for, they need to become certified. So all that information is right there on the website. And um, I did put together a special area specifically for coaches. So aromafreedom.com forward slash coaches uh, is going to take them to an area that where I have some specific things. Uh, starter kits and things that will help people really jumpstart and, and help them get where they want to go. And if they don't see something that seems like the right match for where they are, just reach out with the, with the you know, we have a, something on the website and, and uh, we love to customize trainings as well. And we do trainings um, online. Uh, most of what we do really is online. We also were in Santa Barbara, California. We have uh, in-person certifications here as well. So uh, www.aromafreedom.com um, is how you learn more. And if you want to add slash coaches, you'll find the stuff that's specifically for coaches. Excellent. And I'll include that URL in the show notes if anybody didn't catch it. All right. Well, I think that is uh, concluded. That feels, that's feeling nice and complete for me, Dr. Benjamin Perkis. So thanks so much for being on the show and sharing your uh, technique with, with me and our, my audience today. Absolutely. Well, my pleasure. And I really want to honor and thank you for all the work you're doing to support the field of coaching and just empowering people with the, with the tools and the education that they need. So thank you for having me. Ah, my absolute pleasure. And thank you listeners. And please go and like the show on iTunes. That sends us good karma and extra attraction, which we love. Happy coaching everyone. Have a great day. Now, before you take off, I'd love to ask you one question. Have you been sitting on a coaching business idea for too long? I know that's not all of you, but some of you, I know you're out there. And I just want to tell you that it kills me when I have conversations in my discovery calls with coaches who are, you know, trained up to the hilt. They've got heaps of experience either in coaching or in their own life experience. And they've got a program, they've got a a calling to do a certain piece of work, but they just really don't know how to get started. If that sounds like you, I'd love to talk with you. In our 30 minute interview, I'll be able to help you identify the number one thing that will help you fast track your coaching business. I've been working with coaches for so long and just a short conversation and some background information 
I can see a whole lot that you might not be able to see. So you've got nothing to lose. Jump on the line with me and let's have a fast track call. You can book that in at universalcoachingsystems.com slash fast hyphen track.